Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Sports fans, join us on the picket line. We're going on strike. Stone Lepanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. Oh man, this has nothing to do with what we're about to talk about, but right before we went on the air, Stone was like, Ken, you have got to see this quote from, from Brian Gutekunst, the GM of the Packers. How about Jordan Love? They gave him a one-year contract extension today just to solidify he's the starting quarterback. I didn't see this quote. Gutekun said Sunday night, quote, on Jordan Love, it's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played, but obviously we're moving forward with him, so we'll figure that out by Tuesday. (laughs) Packers fans, it's going to be a long road from Aaron Rodgers. I'm just going to put it that way. You are a long way from Aaron Rodgers. Is that a vote of confidence? Uh, I, I suppose, I suppose post Aaron Rodgers world, that's a vote of confidence. Oh, a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played, but eh, we'll figure it out. Trans- uh, go tra- pack. Translation. That's all we got. That's all we got. We are locked into the Jordan Love experience. So that's, that's all we got. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention much to what's been going on in, uh, in Hollywood, uh, over the last couple of days. So I'm not talking about the Met Gala last night i'm not talking about uh all of those uh, crazy fashion statements and uh jared leto is his name right jared leto from uh he's the lead singer 30 seconds to mars he's in all those movies yes Uh, he he dressed up in a cat outfit not a cat suit like a costume but he was literally looked like a furry looked like a mascot he had a a cat Outfit on, yeah, Yeah. that was uh, that was bizarre. He showed up to an expensive gala full of celebrities, international celebs uh, dressed as a cat. Uh, That said, because that was New York, but I'm talking Hollywood. Uh, Have you? Do you do you pay attention to the inner workings of of Tinseltown, Theo? Not not much, unless it's like kind of just through my fiance when she's you know telling me something as okay. I'm watching a game. She's, and a, she's in a Bravo ear. viewer. She, yeah. She's into E the entire yeah. thing. Okay. Uh, Stone, how locked in are you right now in the current business uh, machinations of Hollywood? I'd say very locked in. Similar okay. to for Theo's reasoning, right? I'm a big Bravo guy. Yeah. Not by choice. Yeah. Big E guy. Yeah. So, so I, I think I'm definitely tuned in. So... The problem with all of that is uh, if you're a Bravo guy, Andy Cohen's your dude, right? Andy Cohen, he comes on, does his late night show, 10 o'clock, with all the reality celebrities in the Bravo empire, right? Uh, guess what's about to, to, to disappear, be shuttered for quite some time, it appears? Andy Cohen on Ooh, Bravo. What happened? If you're a fan of Jimmy Kimmel, if you're a fan of Jimmy Fallon, I don't know why you would be, but if you're a fan of Jimmy Fallon, Boomer if you're a fan of Stephen Colbert, if you're a fan of The Daily Show, if you're a fan of Saturday Night Live, those are going to be blacked out, shuttered for quite some time because it appears today as if the Writers Guild mm. of America is going on strike. And all of those hosts, all of your favorite hosts in solidarity with their writers, because let's be honest, Jimmy Fallon might be funny to some, but that dude ain't writing his own material. That dude ain't putting together all his bits. 
Jimmy Kimmel, same thing. Stephen Colbert, same thing. Saturday Night Live, they have a whole team of writers outside of the actual actors that, uh, that, that you see on camera Saturday Night Live. Without the writers, can't have any of this stuff. Not good. Not that you're going to enjoy. Not that it's going to be funny. Not that it's going to be competent. And so when the writers go on strike because they're not making enough money, the streaming world has, has really torched the percentage of what they should be getting uh, based on shows that are created Netflix and on Amazon and on Apple Plus and all those things. Um, they're not getting paid enough. So they said, we've had enough. We're going on strike. All of the talent is saying, okay, well, we're going to show solidarity with you. We're not going to do the shows without you. And so what I'm saying is that for the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, could be a pretty barren wasteland of new TV content other than sports. And so all I'm saying is that you might want to start putting in your queue there in Netflix a whole lot of shows to watch. You might want to start getting to binging because you're not going to have a, lo- a whole lot of new stuff for quite some time. Some of your favorite movies, some of your favorite shows. Oh, can't wait for the next season. Can't wait for the new season. When's the new season going to come out? That stuff's all going to be delayed. Mm. All put on hold because nobody's working. So, Theo, I ask you, I hope I hope you're ready for this. Are you ready for this? Are you and your fiancé ready for this, this TV blackout coming? You know, I've been preparing for this my whole life. Uh, been looking forward to a moment like this. It almost feels like, you know, like a sports offseason because my fiancé preys on those. She can't wait until the playoffs are done. She can't wait when the NFL is going on in the fall for that to be over with. Mm-hmm. So she can't wait until the Super this Bowl This is happens. her time. This is her prime time. This is it right the here. spring, the summer, this is her time. I've yeah. got my man back. Yeah. And we're watching reality television. We're watching scripted television. Yeah. We're watching rom-coms. Uh-uh-uh. Other than stuff that's already been done, nothing new is going to be made for the next couple of weeks, couple of months. Who knows how Great. far this is going to set back Hollywood. Uh, this this is a problem. Same thing with you, Stone. You, your live-in girlfriend, might have some limited TV viewing over the summer. Yeah, for me, this is actually devastating, right? This, this puts a halt on a lot of the things that I had planned to watch because mm-hmm. Vanderpump Rules was heating up. Right, Raquel and her affair with Tom Sandoval. Everyone's like, when's the next season coming out? This is amazing. And that filming, going to be delayed. And what's actually alarming in all seriousness is what I actually look forward to the most is the reunions, right, hosted by Andy Cohen. Because he's the man. When he can sit in between them and Uh just wreak havoc. That man is so talented. He He moderates. That man loves drama, thrives in drama, instigates drama, navigates drama. Andy Cohen, I'm going to say this right now. Andy Cohen is arguably the most talented television, um, I don't want to use talent again. He is the most extraordinary television talent we may have in our generation. That man, from putting together all of those terrible Real Housewives shows, and I mean, they are brutal, they are awful, they are the worst, (laughs) but then you get sucked in. You get sucked into those, and then uh, the way he captains that ship, I mean, he's a titan. He is a titan in the industry. You're preaching right now, and I think what adds to his talent is when the stars are able to confide in him. That's what Andy does best. They love them some Andy. Right. And if they love them some Andy, Andy knows where what string he can exactly. pull, where he can direct because all of it. He makes them comfortable. He makes yeah. them think like, I'm your pal. For sure. And I don't think he is. I think what he's doing is he's consuming the confiding in and then he's making drama out of it. That man is a television titan. But, Theo, he's going to disappear for a while. It's going to be very, very, very difficult for some of you because you depend on new TV content. 
your late night shows, you're going to be watching stuff from November. SNL, you're going to be watching stuff from October. Mm. What I'm saying is that we're about to have a little bit of a rough ride. Theo, I would ask you, though, you're more tapped into the, the hip-hop community than I think me and Ken are on a regular basis. Hip-hop? But, but seriously, though, does this not happen with, Rap. with, with rappers more often? Like Dre, I know Drake doesn't write his own music, and I know a lot of these rappers don't write their own music, but I've never heard of a strike. Yeah, does that no. just mean Drake's paying because they don't his writers no. good? There's no music writers union. Yeah, I was about to say that's the problem. Is there's no there's definitely right. no uni- unionization. Ooh, right, I almost stumbled very, all over that one. It's very when but, it comes to music writers, it is very very independent contractor. Yeah. Okay, and also hold on now. All right, Drake has beaten a lot of the I don't write my own music allegations <laughs> I, time I, after time. I don't know. He, he's had some writer credits. He has some influences, some inspirations, some some ghostwriters. Ghostwriters not allowed mm-hmm. to talk about that. Uh-huh. But Drake, Drake. Also has a pen himself, so don't do that to them. Okay, I wasn't sure. I'm not tapped in enough. Yeah, but I like me some Morgan Wallen. I don't know if he even writes his own music and whatnot. I have nobody no idea. writes their own music these days. Uh, not many. Right. Not many people write their own music. But to that's Ken, for sure. Writing country music, not that hard. Uh, it's not. It abs. It absolutely is not. Chris Stapleton. All that hard. We, there will be no Chris Woo! Stapleton hate to the goat of country music on this show. I just want to make sure. Talk to him. We're on the same page. Chris Stapleton, the goat of country music. Continue, Ken. Country music, the basement of music. Hey, hey, hey. It could be wherever he wants to stand in the, the, you know, I'm not ranking it amongst other music. I'm just saying within that category, the the standard bearer is Chris Stapleton. I will say you've angered a lot of the audience, I would assume. With guys in that There's no way anybody's arguing against that. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I mean, you can go down the list. Ken doesn't want us to do this, but the Garths, right? The Tobys. I mean, we can go down all all these guys. I I guess if you listen to country music. Hank. Like, where is is Chris Stapleton even a top five country music artist? he's not. Because Theo's saying he's the standard bearer. That's a lofty claim. I don't listen to country music. I think it's straight trash. It's the the music equivalent to vomit. Um, But but if you listen to country music, because I know a lot of you fools do, Chris Stapleton, is he even in your top five, or is he the standard bearer like Theo just presented? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. Chris Stapleton, yes. is he top five in country music? That silky, sultry country voice of Chris Stapleton? I mean, I'm just thinking about Tennessee whiskey right now. You know, just thinking about that. That who's, rendition uh, was amazing. Who's the idiot who sang Drunk on a Plane? I'm getting drunk. I hate that song. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure. Baby, lock them doors and turn the lights <laughs> down low. Come on, that's a hit. I don't even know that guy's name, <laughs> oh but that's my a hit. God. Yeah, but Theo's way off, though. Theo, Theo's, Theo's uh, it's almost disrespectful. Baby, lock them doors and, but that's it, not Chris. It's almost disrespectful to say Chris Taylor, because then you're just not paying homage to the guys who are one, two, three, you four. You just said Drake five. doesn't write. So let's not talk about disrespect. And I told you that I was not as tapped in. I'm not as tapped into country music. I, think I know you tell. are. He's I think not that tapped into country music yet. He's okay goats. making the declaration Chris Stapleton <laughs> is the standard bearer again. His words of country South, music. First of all, I'm from Texas. I lived in South Georgia for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. I, I frequented country bars while I was out there only because there was no other option. Uh-huh. All right. And I had proper, you know. People with me. I had proper protection. I you was good in those country protect- bars. <laughs> yeah. All right. uh, I was not alone. Uh-huh. And Traveled in a pack. Yes, yes, yes. We had to go through there deep. And what I learned coming out of that environment, because I have a lot of perspective, diversity of background here, Chris Stapleton's the goat of country. And Tennessee Whiskey's the best country. Chris Stapleton's rendition of Tennessee Whiskey, and I do understand he did not make that song, but he did the best delivery of it ever. Uh-huh. That is what country music should be. Everybody should strive to be what Chris Stapleton was on Tennessee Whiskey, and I stand by that. Uh, 
Is Chris Stapleton the standard bearer of country music as declared by uh, Theo Dorsey, who then went on to qualify? I'm not that locked into country music. Uh, and and who sings that terrible drunk on a plane song? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Brad is in West Palm. Hey, Brad. Hey, Ken. How are you? Good, buddy. Um. So, your question is Chris Stapleton top five? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, today's music, yes. As Thank far you. As country music. Thank goes. you. So, what is he, uh, what is he, I, and, and I am, you know that I'm totally ignorant to this, totally oblivious to this. Like, what is his, uh, what, what is his major hit? Like, what is, what is he known for? Well, all right, I'll just give you my personal favorite. Is, okay. Um, is I, Everyone loves Tennessee whiskey. I'm not a big fan of that one in particular. I'm a cold but, guy, uh, Brad. A cold guy? Yeah, a cold's not bad. It's not my favorite. I like the one, uh, Halo. What's the song, Halo? Um, Broken Halo. Broken That's Halo. That's one of my favorites. Okay. That it's is a very, uh, it is a great song. But I, I'm just, what is Ken into that he, he's so down on country music in particular? Uh, so I actually. Uh, <laughs> I saw his eyes light up when he I, I grew up, Brad, in an era and in an area of the country in Chicago that was the birthplace of pop punk. I still am a big fan of retro pop punk. Uh, you're no use for a name. Uh, your yellow card. Uh, your no effects. Uh, bands like that. And I've never gotten out of my teenage years when it comes to music. My Chemical Romance is a guilty pleasure of mine. Screamo, emo music. I used to wear girl jeans, oh, dye my hair pink, the whole thing. So, Brad, that's still where my, my, my music heart lands. Well, that's okay. I mean, everybody's allowed to like something, but just to say one version is complete trash, that's, uh, I, that, I don't, that hurts my feelings, Ken. Oh, Brad, I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. I deeply apologize. I do appreciate your input on Chris Stapleton. Hey, it seems like country concerts are super fun. Don't let me make you sad about that, because obviously I'm probably an outsider on this and appreciate the call. Because I'm the one missing out on hot girls, tight jeans, boots, cowboy hats, and drinking short at shorts. country concerts. Short shorts, jean shorts, picnic shorts. shirts too. There's a lot of picnic shirts. It seems like. Yeah, uh, I'm the one missing out. So, so don't don't feel sad about what I said about country music. That's my opinion. I'm probably the one who should be sad that I don't show up to what look like pretty badass country music concerts. Yeah, you're missing out. Yeah. Also, I just can't do it. Uh, what's that one? West Virginia. Yeah. Great song. Great song. West Virginia Country Road. That's what it's called. Country, country Road. Road. But isn't that John? Denver? That's somebody else. John Denver. It's, it's John Denver. It's but John Denver. So many May he people, rest in peace. Rip. Yeah, for sure, John. Um, yeah. So many people. Good up there, John. John, John Denver yeah. died already. John Denver has been dead for quite some time. Okay, died in a plane crash. Dang. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. But his that's a great song, "Country Road." Take me home. Rest okay. in peace, John Denver. Yeah, rest in peace, buddy. You know what? This is very similar to. We know Theo's fandom. He's somewhat of a uh, what we call a front runner. Right, so to go after to go Ooh. after. Uh, Wait, you you the LeBron? Yeah, LeBron. Hey, aren't you a Jets fan now? <laughs> yeah, J E T Jets Jets. The Aaron Rodgers Jets fan by extension. The the LeBron James Lakers fan by extension. Just called yeah. you a front runner. Also, I cannot believe. But that. He chose, hey, who did he come in this morning just raving about? Also, James speaking of front runners, freaking Harden. Oh, but I'm a front runner because he had a 45 point game last night, and again, it was an excellent performance. But he's sitting here. Stone and I started yelling at one another to we a did. point that we had. T- 
teammates come in here thinking we were actually like fighting about something serious, checking in on us because they thought we were going to come to blows because I said James Harden ain't going to put up 45 again in this series. And Stone, why not? Why not? F-bomb here, F-bomb there. Why not? Yeah. But I was just saying, Theo, you know, you chose Country Road. You chose Tennessee whiskey. Yes, yes, yes. Like you got to dig a little deeper than that. You're oh, kind of the, exposing yourself a little. Um, bit. I already said, baby, lock them doors and turn the lights down. That's a great song. Top fifteen song, I feel like I, of all time. Could you, could you sing that again? <clears throat> Baby, lock them doors and turn the lights down low. I kind of know why Ashley's marrying you. Yeah. I'm actually legitimately turned on. That's pretty good. And I'm not even a country music fan, but you, I mean, that's pretty good. Thank you, Ken. Nice little baritone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's nice and deep and broad. Like, it's coming from his chest. See what I'm saying? And this is the kind of stuff that you get when you you soak up country music for three and a half years in South Georgia. (laughs) Shout out Albany, Georgia. 229, what's up, baby? (laughs) <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Nobody trying to bring this all the way back to what we were talking about <laughs> is that the writers guild of america goes on strike looks like today okay uh so it's going to shutter a lot of your favorite television and movie content mm. for quite some time i as a sports fan in solidarity with the writers guild i am going to go on strike as well i am i am prepared to go on strike against the NBA on ESPN slash ABC studio show. Mm. It is just a complete waste of time. We discussed this yesterday. What we saw Sunday from Malika Andrews, Stephen A. Smith, Michael Wilbon, Jalen Rose, a complete waste of time, and it honestly was a Knicks pregame halftime and post-game show. There was nary a mention of the Miami Heat. Anything of substance that would have suggested that the Heat were of any interest to that studio crew or of any interest to any viewer of that game, game one on Sunday. It was pure Knicks propaganda the entire time. The halftime was as bad as I've ever seen. The Heat were down five, and Stephen A. Smith said and pontificated about how great a shape the Knicks were in, how good they looked, how much of an anomaly the Heat shooting against the Bucks were in a five-point game. A five-point game. They spent seven seconds talking about the Heat, and that was Michael Wilbon saying, oh, maybe we'll have to see Kyle Lowry do something in the second half, and that was it. That was the extent of the heat analysis at halftime. It was for a national television presentation, for an NBA presentation, as self-indulgent towards one team as anything I've ever seen, and as self-indulgent to a talent at that desk, Stephen A. Smith, as anything I've ever seen. And then there was the post game. You know how the NBA on TNT, inside the NBA, their studio show, they're, they're goofy. They spend the entire postseason uh, dropping feathers and ping pong balls on one another. Last yeah. night, Shaq locked Kenny's seat amazing. as they tried to turn and run towards the telestrator. That like that's as good as that's good stuff because they don't take themselves seriously and they all evenly give each other crap and hand it back to one another. Right? Nobody's the star. Charles gets all the headlines, but nobody's truly the star, and everybody knows their role. On ABC, ESPN. Whether it's Greenberg on the ESPN studio, Malik Andrews on the ABC studio, but the core contributors, Stephen A., Jalen Rose, Michael Wilbon, there just ain't no juice. There ain't no juice. I want you to listen to this. This is post game after game one. 
This is actually what aired. Music and all. Stephen A. Smith bemoaning the second half performance of the New York Knicks because shocking. They were talking about the Knicks. Here's Stephen A. Smith from the postgame game one ABC Heat Knicks on Sunday. Not a good day. Um, I know you didn't have Julius Randle. But Gabe Vincent looking like Steph Curry hitting five threes. Lowry hitting threes. Love hitting threes. Struce hitting threes. It's a problem. I can't believe how good Miami is shooting the basketball. The Knicks are going to have to figure it out. They're clearly going to need Julius Randle to win this series. So that is actually what aired. Like, the piano music and all. The problem is, there's not enough personality on that show. Not enough chemistry. Not enough juice to actually pull that off. It wasn't funny. It was almost jarring. What's funny is when you put fart sounds behind some of the great songs about the city of New York when you're a Heat fan and you have a radio show and you're pro-Heat and anti-Knicks. That's funny. Of course. That's good stuff. What's not funny is when you're just sort of forcing some sort of lean-in humor from Stephen A. Smith. It didn't work. It didn't work at all. It didn't work at all. And for me, there's just nothing there. Like when you put it up against Ernie and Chuck and Shaq and Kenny, what ABC ESPN tries to do and then just the shameful pandering to the Knicks, it was disgusting on Sunday. I'm on strike and I ain't watching. So what are you going to do? This is my question as you're on strike. Uh, Are you going to mute the screen? Because I know you're still watching the games. So you mute the screen when they're on for pregame, halftime, and postgame. I'll just turn it off. You know what I'll do? I'll um, I'll watch uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. But then the writers are on strike. But it's well, it's oh, like it's, season it's four. Reality. Yeah, that's the thing. I've got the stuff lined up in my queue yeah. on Netflix. New Jersey's the one pumping out new episodes, so not Potomac. New Jersey right now has yeah. got the, uh, new the new episodes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what I'll do. Or I'll, I'll find something. I'll go on my phone. I'll hit up Twitter. I'll play some games, whatever. I'll be there in time for tip. But I'm on strike. I'm on strike against because uh, there, there's not, I can't remember one memorable moment from this current iteration. And, and what doesn't help is ESPN, ABC, they've shuffled around their studio show every year for like yeah. the last six or seven years because they can't find any juice. Honestly, I thought it was fine when it was Michelle Beadle. Bill Simmons, Paul Pierce. At least Michelle Beadle was poking Paul Pierce. Love me some Beadle. Like Beadle's good. Actually, Michelle Beadle was good. ESPN, uh, I mean, it just, and we love Greenberg. We're a pro Greenberg show, but yeah. like this just isn't. And Stephen A. Smith's on so many things already. There's just, there's no chemistry. There's no juice. There's no buzz. There's no nothing. There's nothing memorable. We love Malik Andrews. It's I like Jalen Rose, but together, it doesn't work. It's not good. And if you're going to make it a Knicks propaganda tape, I'm out. It just does. One thing you can say about ESPN's shows is I think because we are force-fed, so many of them and these personalities are on all of them and they they do the whole car wash every single day, it does get a bit redundant. Like hearing Stephen A. gloat about the Knicks or cry about the Knicks or... And then they're forcing sound effects into it. Like that's yeah, not, that, that ain't it. it. It just does feel like the same thing because we're going to get that later on this podcast. Then we're going to get the tweet from him later. Then we'll get it in the morning on first take and then we're going to get it again on the pregame show. Like yeah. it is a bit redundant and I think that's the biggest difference between them and NBA on TNT. But what else do you do if you're ESPN trying to put... Like you're not going to put new faces on the ABC broadcast. I don't know. Like what? Yeah. What can't? What? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what. To, I don't know what to. What? Can, can we hear the Stephen A. Smith one more time? Just, just so you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Stephen A. Smith again. This aired on ABC. 
Uh, Stephen A. talking about the Knicks after game one. Not a good day. Um, I know you didn't have Julius Randle. Like, that's just not funny. Vincent looking like Steph Curry hit five Because threes. you've never heard it before. Lowry They've never tried threes, anything like that before. Threes, they were straight-laced, sort of a, it's a problem. studio show as you're going to get. But uh, if you want to do, Stephen A., if you want to do sound effects, if you want to lean into something, if you want a little tutorial, well, let myself, Ken Levicka, Theo Dorsey, Stone Lebanowitz guide you. This is how you do sound effects. There we go. See? Like, this is good. This is funny. A more variation. Yeah. It's variety. It's unique. It's topical. So, Stephen A., you might be the king of sports media. Hold on. Like that. That. That is how you do it. So, Stephen A., call us, man. Yeah, I'm willing real. to help you get some juice, not butt juice, but juice to your to your studio show. To your point, uh, where you're, you're spot on is, I think if you asked us six months ago, oh, are you guys ready for the Knicks and Stephen A. Smith memes? Like, we would have all gone, ugh. Like, we know they're coming. Like, you know they're on its way. Right. And they're still going to hit you. They're still going to put them out. Yeah. Like, I, with that right there, with that Empire State of Mind, I mean, that came out of left field. Yeah. You know, we're just talented. And, well, <laughs> again, like, that studio show, I guess when you compare it against the TNT version, like, it's hard. It's Nothing very, very hard. With it. But it, there's just no chemistry whatsoever. Like, we do this show. Theo, Stone, myself, there's chemistry. We like each other. You can tell. We can conversate. We can be edgy. We can educate. We can do all of those things. That's just, that was a really good pick and roll. Next, Mike Wilbon. That was a great baseline out of bounds play. Next, Jalen Rose. Oh, man. That was super solid in transition. Malika. We'll take a break. Like, that's what the studio show is. It's so boring. It's so sleepy. And then when you're making it Nick's propaganda, I just want no part of that. Do you fear, though, that the common fan does not pick up on this? No, because that's not. me. Because that's not. me. If this wasn't proposed in the way that you proposed it, I would have not had a clue All because right. I'm forced to watch but, it because it's the only thing going. So I'm locked in. I'm not really thinking about the chemistry and stuff. I might not laugh at it. I just wouldn't know otherwise. But I, I don't, I, I'm no longer at a point in my life where I just want to watch something because it's like they're in front of me. Okay. I want to watch something to be entertained. It's like we try to do this radio show. Is it great? Eh, probably not. But do I want to do this radio show to entertain? I can promise you it's entertaining. Even if it's bad, it's bad entertainment, okay? Yeah. Uh, that I can assure you on a daily basis you're going to get. Um, what, I, what I'm no longer in the market for is just cookie cutter, well, here was this, and here was this, and here was this, and now we'll go to break. Go Knicks. Like, I, I'm not I, I'm not into that. I can't do that. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, Knicks fans, Heat fans, what you saw Sunday, ABC, those studio shows, did it seem wildly tilted towards the Knicks? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And what are you striking against in sports? Who or what in sports are you striking against because I am striking against that ESPN, ABC, NBA studio show. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. You're picking up your sign, Theo. You're heading out to the sidewalk. You're going to start marching and chanting. Who or what in sports are you striking against? This is a um, actually an involuntary strike, if you uh, if you can even do that. So I'm not necessarily picking up the picket sign myself, but my body is. Okay. Uh, 
these games that are tipping off post 10 p.m. Like so I, these West Coast games. I nice. Can't, I can't make it. I and these are pivotal games. So De- I never make it to the end. Denver Phoenix last night. You were out by. You were unconscious by. I don't remember. That's the problem. I don't remember when I fell asleep. I just woke up the next morning like what Denver won. I thought Phoenix had a good hangle on it. Like. I think somewhere in the third quarter there, I just ran out of gas and fell asleep. Now, My body is striking against the ridiculously late times that they're tipping these games off. And it really pissed me off the other day when the heat tipped off at like midnight against the, uh, buck, uh, against the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, I didn't even a, get to watch the close. It was a 9.30 Eastern time tip in a central time zone game. What the hell? I fell asleep. I'm so mad that I actually missed that in real time. I fell yeah. asleep somewhere in the third quarter and I woke up with the Heat postgame, and the only reason why I knew the Heat won was because I can just see it on the face of, like, Jimmy. I forget who was on the podium, but I'm like, wait, why are they kind of smiling? Did they come back? Right, right. I was pissed. Well, yeah, that game, that game because that was Thursday night, that game didn't end until, like, 1230, yes. 1240, because then I sat on Twitter trash talk until 215, <laughs> and then rolled into uh, Greenway Key West Palm Beach for our show Friday, <laughs> feeling like I was hungover because uh, I had slept, like, two and a half hours. Such a late night, and I'm like, dude, like, I hate – that feeling of being so locked into a game, watching it, being on the couch, kind of like, but it's the commercials. It's that long commercial break when they're reviewing something. You never know when you're going to fall asleep. You don't feel it coming. Right. It just happens. <laughs> and then you wake up and you're watching a post game and you're reading body language to figure out who won. Uh, Paul is in West Palm. Paul's on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Paul. Hey, Ken. How you doing today? Good, man. All right. Miami Heat. I've been a Boston fan all my life. I'm here to tell you right now. New York cannot be the Heat. Boston cannot be the Heat if they get by the 76ers. They will be in the finals. They got a tougher, grittier team. And Spolster plays all his bench guys during the season. So they are experienced. Paul, and he's going to outcoach any of those guys. Paul, I love what you're saying. It makes me feel tingly, and I love it. Now, can I ask you, though, does your Boston fandom go past the Celtics? Yes, it does. Uh, uh, yes, it does. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, are you just at a point of of sports defeat right now, which is why you're giving so much credit to the Heat because you had the Bruins and then you had the Celtics last night and you're just not in a good mind space. I want to make sure that what you're saying to us is authentic because I love it, but I just want to make sure that you're not in a deep, dark place and you're just compensating for it. Uh, I've been around the game for 60 years, Ken. Okay? Okay. Scouted for college teams, the whole bit. Awesome. You look at how these guys put together a team. Boston, with their great two stars, doesn't have a team. Tatum fades in the second half. All he wants is his points. He's not a leader. He makes nobody better. Miami is a team. It's still a team game. That's who wins in the end. Paul, I got to say, Paul! Go, Paul. Paul. How about it, Paul? Yeah, I love that. Great call. Appreciate that. If Paul says it, it must be true. Great call, Paul. The Heat are headed to the NBA Finals. I have to admit, he sounded pretty defeated. It did. I know. That's why I asked him. I'm almost a little worried about him. Like He was talking talking but, junk on Jason Tatum, who's like the only hope they got. Well, Jason Tatum better wake up, though, <laughs> too. Um, can we, real quick, by the way, what in the hell were the Celtics doing just throwing the ball right to Tyrese Maxey last night with 20 seconds left? The decision-making. What, what was that? But this has been a repetitive theme of this Celtics makeup. This is the same Celtics team we've seen for the past four or five years yeah. in the Eastern Conference. And every single time, they can out-talent you for three quarters, 
and they're going to make poor decisions down the stretch that are going to just lose them basketball games, and yet again, it's happening. I'm not surprised. What are you, who are you striking against right now in sports? Theo says these late starts are killing me, killing me. This man is a TV talent. Let him rest, damn it. For me, I'm boycotting the NBA on ESPN ABC studio show. There's just no juice. There's no chemistry. And all it is is Nick's propaganda. I am striking. Uh, who or what in sports are you striking against right now? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Twitter, at KLV1063. We take your calls. We read your tweets when we return. He is Theodore CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN1063. Same my Sarah, halo. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Is this uh, Chris Stapleton? Oh, yeah. This Broken is, halo, as, as Theo put it, the standard bearer of country music. <laughs> he is what any country artist should aspire to be. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I, I I will. I'm not a country music fan. I will say this dude has he has the juice. He's got pipes. He's got the, He's voice, got the juice, man. Uh, it works for me. Um, Dirk Bentley is uh, saying uh, terrible drunk on a plane. Right? I don't know why I always want to call it snakes on a plane. <laughs> oh yeah, that might be a better song. Uh, drunk on a plane. I gotta hate that song. Um, I don't think. And Theo in the break said, I don't think I've ever seen this before. This is according to Shams, the Athletic. The Memphis Grizzlies have informed pending free agent Dylan Brooks he will not be brought back under any circumstances, league sources say. Under any circumstances. It's, it, it feels like, hey, Dylan Brooks, you're being detained. Yeah. He's going to be Beijing Brooks next year. Like Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks. He fumbled the bag so badly in the postseason, unnecessarily making fun of LeBron James, taunting him, calling him old, then proceeding to get lit up, then proceeding to to skirt and escape the media, looking like a complete coward, not a villain, but a coward after all of that. He fumbled the bag so badly in the weeks leading up to what should have been money-making for him in free agency that the Memphis Grizzlies have said, you're not coming back under any circumstances at all. You could, you could, Memphis, Mississippi River. Yeah, you could jump in the Mississippi River and you could save four drowning toddlers, save their lives, be all over television, a hero heralded as one of the great Memphis citizens of all time, and that won't even get you back on the Memphis Grizzlies. Think about how badly that guy looks now. The what, what I think about most as this report comes out, because, again, the Grizzlies didn't have to leak this to Shams, right? The Grizzlies didn't have to say we're not bringing them back under any circumstances. I think something more is going to come out about what has happened since the Grizzlies lost that final game and today. Like but what something- could? I mean, John Morant, John Morant allegedly beat up a teenager well, before the season started. John Morant allegedly had a, a pack of security pointing laser-pointed weapons at people, at other teams yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. He allegedly brought uh, that, that same pack to the mall where his mom was having an altercation to beat up someone at a footlocker, and that guy 
is not not coming back under well, any circumstances. Well, well, that guy has a 44-inch vertical. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, true. maybe the most explosive there's, guard we've seen since, good, like, Derrick Rose. That's a great prime. point. But, so, but, but <laughs> Dylan Brooks, under any circumstances, he, not coming back. So th- let's get this right, too. Dylan Brooks is most likely going to be – has the all-defensive teams been announced yet? I don't think so, right? I don't think he so. He most likely will be on an NBA all-defensive team once those two come out. The first team, most likely second team, but he's going to be – he's an all-defense level player in the NBA. Not only that, he started for the Grizzlies in the postseason, the Grizzlies a two-seed. Not only that, Dylan Brooks was leading these dudes out for the pregame walkout in the tunnel. This guy was a staple in their lineup. He would guard the best player on every night. And are you telling me that just – him talking too much about LeBron James, missing shots in a in a we've seen this before. Harrison Barnes famously got laughed out of the arena, missing mm-hmm. wide open shots. He's now starring for the Kings. Like Dylan Brooks, something else happened. Ken, there's no way it was just about the play, just about the post game press conferences. Like something else must have happened where this dude has just been unwilling to change his mind or his actions. And the Grizzlies was like, "Yo, this is enough." Straw or, that broke the camel's back. Or he's a fake villain, and he can't shoot. Yeah, but come on. Come on, man. Stone, Stone, you got to be the voice of reason. Well, I'm over here thinking about a PR stunt, and I think here's what it's going to take for Dylan Brooks. I think he needs to attend. He needs to reach out to LeBron James and attend like a Taco Tuesday or attend like a, a sit-down <laughs> dinner James with LeBron. Wait, so he's got to go appease and kiss LeBron yeah. James' ass to get back on the league? No, he's got to ask LeBron for a favor. Like, let me just post, a, post an Instagram picture of me, you know, at your house with sitting out next to Bronny oh and Taco God. Tuesday. Like, I need to get back into the light here. He's going to he, kneel at the throne of the king. Yeah, that's actually, that, would, that's, that would be more pathetic than him just ducking out on the media. Well, it needs to be like LeBron saying, hey, me and homie, we, we, we hashed it out. Like, we're Gucci. So, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take here because this guy's off to Shanghai. Like, this is bad, <laughs> bad news. He did mess with the Don. Like, you can't I mean, go after there the was Godfather. no indication right. that he was not going to get the bag this offseason. Not like the, the yeah. biggest bag, just a but bag. someone was going to all bag, all bag, and now <laughs> he's not going to get any bag. Under any circumstances. Again, under any circumstances. That's you know how crazy. forceful that is? That's insane. Again, I just for people that are listening right now, maybe you met Dylan Brooks, it got leaked to what? The Athletic Shams, Sharania from, yeah. from the Athletic, yeah. that the Memphis Grizzlies are not bringing back Dylan Brooks, right? That's enough. That's a, That should have been a right. fair enough report. Cool, we get under it. Under any circumstances. <laughs> they let those words out too. Under any what is that? That why, is so toxic. That, that is you, so toxic. Think about the times you've been broken up with or whatever, like, or you've broken up with somebody. Yeah, and maybe you want do, to not, be- do not call me or text me <laughs> under any circumstances. Yes. So what fits a more, an older core or a younger core? Like a Clippers or, or a Wizards or a Hornets? or Because I, I think the Clippers make sense. Like, go play some defense for these guys. You you can't drop him into a young locker room again, can you? Can't. You? you can't. He has to go to. He has to go be like, I don't want to say – Miami Heat, not the Miami Heat, but a Miami Heat esque situation where it's like kind you of have enough it. vet leaders there who can who already have the culture set. A team where there's no way in hell this is the dude leading you out for the pregame tunnel, right? To the to the to the arena. That's the kind of team he needs to go to. Uh, who do we have here, in, Stone? We got Jeremy in West Palm Beach. Jeremy, did I right? right yes. Right. Okay, Jeremy in West Palm on Ken Levick alive. Who, who? What are you striking? Who or what in sports are you striking from, Jeremy? <laughs> Jeremy, turn your radio down, buddy. I think. Jeremy, hello? Yeah. There we go. Uh, hey, Jeremy. Hey, uh, who are you uh, Who are you striking from? 
Oh, the, the Marlins. I've been striking from the Marlins since 03, man. I, I watched, grew up, watched them in 97, win a World Series in 03, win a World Series, have a great dominant team, and they just decided to not open up the paychecks, man, and that ruined my love for baseball right there. Mm. So that the, the Marlins' behavior has completely trashed the sport for you. Like, you just you have no desire to check in on that thing. I, I mean, my, my mom's from the Northeast. I check in on the Red Sox every once in a while, you know, when they're having a good good year i'll watch just to support them for my mom but other than that yeah baseball i'm i'm checked out mm. uh jeremy appreciate the call he's not the only marlins fan to feel that way by the way um let me just stone let me let me let me ask you a question here it is uh may 2nd who's in last place in the ales oh that's the new york yankees oh wow <laughs> eight and a half games back your last wow. place blew a lead in yankees. the ninth last night yeah. Ooh. Uh, is that the problem? They're bad. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is saying he's a little banged up. I mean, this is trouble. Yeah, he's headed to the uh, the IL. Uh, it's just bad. Trouble in the Bronx. This is um. But is that the real problem? I hear this calls like what Jeremy. I hear at least takes like what Jeremy just said about baseball. So often, is the sport too regional for? Because like, if you fall out of love with your local team, if they do something to upset you. It's not like you're still tuning into all the national games or whatnot. Is like baseball too regional to keep up with the times of the day? Yeah, is that probably, why which is fine. Off? But baseball needs to just realize that. I, I do think that we we it's fall into sport. when discussing baseball, we fall into this because the NBA is so national and it's so player driven, and the NFL is this billion dollar juggernaut, right? Um, we are we're constantly trying to put baseball into how do you fix it? How can you get it there? How can you get it to that point? And I don't think that it's even possible. I don't think it's it's possible because the baseball just doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't lend to that. The athletes aren't athletic enough for you to be in awe of them like you are in the NBA, in the NFL. There's a lot of yeah. factors that go into it, but it is super unbelievably regional and I honestly think that baseball should just embrace that. Because I have I, the Marlins are a blip on the sports radar down here. But I think the Panthers show that if you start to do some fun things, some special yeah. things, people are going to start to pay attention. And it would be even more so for the Marlins if they could come up with some sort of memorable run like the Panthers are having. We know the Heat are king. We know the Dolphins are, depending on the year, aligned with the Heat in terms of who's top dog. But the Marlins, baseball being regional is fine. You just need to... You need to be able to lean into that. Because you go to New York, they're taking, I mean, they've got the Knicks tonight, but I guarantee you they're taking full boards of calls on our sister station, ESPN New York, oh, up yeah. there on yeah. that ninth inning last night. Oh, right? absolutely. Um, so, so it depends on the region, depends on the place, but baseball still reigns supreme, is still king depending on where you go. It's just it doesn't have the national footprint that the NBA and NFL has, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Would, would Major League Baseball like to have that profile increase? Yes. But is that realistic? Is that feasible? No. Probably uh, not. So you've got to lean into it and make the most out of it being regional and really focus on the regions. That's yeah. actually awesome to hear that you have to lean into it because I feel like I have an obligation to tune into certain Major League games. Like If I do get an Angels-Yankees matchup or an Angels-Blue Jays, like I make sure to tune in to that game because I need to give it its respect. Like I need to see, and a lot of the times, because I, I I am a, a freak when it comes to this stuff, I will check scores frequently 
in baseball. And when you get, you know, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani up in the lineup and, and, and they are down in a game, like, I make that appointment television. Like, I have to tune into that. And I think it is an obligation. Like, I think yeah. we all deserve to do that because a lot of the times when I do turn in to uh, see Mike Trout up to bat or a, a, a Bregman for the Houston Astros, like, things pop. And in baseball, like, it's good Good yeah. viewer, it's good to watch, but yeah, you have to lean into it. This, you have to well, make it. You have to kind of force yourself to, but you also do. the problem with baseball is like, think about that. We got two of the biggest stars in the game on one team. And, and that team sucks, and it's in yeah. L.A. Or in Anaheim. That team sucks, LA. but also if I told you, hey, make sure you watch this game. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout playing the two of the best. You could watch that game. They could still be two of the best. And Trout could go one for four yeah. with a single. Well, and you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's harder to, sure. obviously. Before but. before we go to break, this is what, and you guys might laugh at it, but this is God's honest truth, and I've thought about this a lot over the last several years. What hurt baseball the most were the Red Sox and Cubs winning the World Series. Going into every season, there was this, the streak, the streak, the streak, the drought, having won a championship, 100 years, 100-something years. In the case of the Red Sox, I believe it was 86 years. The White Sox was 88 years, but the White Sox weren't even in the same neighborhood of, uh, it pains me to say, of people caring as the Red Sox and Cubs. But especially in the late 90s, early 2000s, Red Sox rivalry with the Yankees, like that right there, appointment television, that right there, there was always the, can the Red Sox finally get over the hump? And they never did. And they never did. And they never did. And they never did. And it kept people coming back for more, for more, for more, for more. And then the Red Sox broke the curse. And then they won a couple more titles after that. And then that allure was gone. That 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 draw was gone. And then the Cubs winning it. They were the last team standing, long drought. They won it. Now there's no longer any. What was driving the sport for so long was, can these losers centuries-long losers finally win, and then they did, and now baseball's like, uh, hey, here's the Astros. Like, who cares? Bro, chance, baby. <laughs> and, right? now, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything wise, or this isn't a groundbreaking baseball point, right? I'm sure it's been brought up millions of times, but would a super team fix that? Would Shohei going Maybe. to New York Shohei fix that? Shohei going to the Yankees would help that. Okay. And I hate, 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 hate. And I hate using situation? that word. I hate to say that. Let's get him over there. But I him think going to the Yankees, huge. him going to the Yankees would be massive in terms of them being the emperor, them being right. again yeah. the dark empire again, and uh, teams lining up to try and knock them off. Right. Give me something to hate. Give me a show that's coming to town that I got to go buy a ticket. It's, for. it's your Astros. Like, like we have the team to hate. It's yeah, your guess, Houston Astros. Nobody like, hates the Astros like that. Nobody hates Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is just sort of like he's he's just boring. Right? For sure. Like he hits bombs, but he's boring. Yeah. And Shohei Otani's a real sweet guy, but him being on that team would send people back into the bleep those guys in their stupid, endless array of funds to pay these players. Yeah. That would at least restructure that approach to baseball, and, and that would help. Um, uh, it also might lead to a strike in baseball. <laughs> Speaking of strikes, who or what in sports are you striking against? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. Joint pain affecting your quality of life at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Their team's experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery, as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experience 
experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. He's Theodore, CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Again, Dylan Brooks. The Grizzlies aren't re-signing him under any circumstances. I, and especially, too, like this is a guy, he's Dylan Brooks. It's not like we're talking about anybody who matters in the NBA. That's as forceful a statement against a player who's just sort of a mid-player as has ever happened in the history of the league. Yeah. The Grizzlies leaking to the athletic. We're not re-signing him under any circumstance. Again, it's Dylan Brooks. He's not even someone who is within four to five stories of a 10-story all-star tower. Yet, under any circumstances... I think it's because he made himself look so bad talking, 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 and then as soon as things got rough, disappeared. Meek. Me. Leave me alone, media. Leave me alone. That in and of itself, like that's soft. That's soft. And how do you answer for that? You know how annoying preseason and media and all that stuff's going to be if you bring him back and he has to sit there and answer to all that? Hey, you disappeared on the floor and off the floor yeah. as your team was 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 hurtling out of the postseason like that that's untenable you don't you don't want crash dummies in your locker room right like he can't be the guy that's poking the bear quote unquote he can't be the guy that's riling up lebron delivering all of these you know quotes that are locker room material skirt responsibility and then dismiss himself of any accountability blame the media and and try and make himself the victim and then duck so that's the thing like it's a it's character issues it's not just the on the court play it's not the missing the jump shots people are going to do the montages of dylan brooks missing all those three-pointers clunking them off the rim it's not that it's character you can't change a grown man's character dylan brooks is what 25 when he's not like he's not like it's not like his second year in the league He's like 25 years old. He should be old enough to know to be a little bit more mature. I wonder, though, that Grizzlies team, too, it's clear that they've had care. And I'm not saying Dylan Brooks is going in like Robin Banks and stuff, right? But from a character standpoint, in that locker room, it's clear there's a lot of immature characters in that locker room, and it showed with no Steven Adams in the postseason, and you're relying on Ja and Dylan Brooks for leadership. That wasn't it. That was not it. There are no leaders. So they're just restructuring that whole thing. They're retooling that whole thing. But, boy, they have dragged Dylan Brooks through the mud in the process mm. of uh, of that. Jeff in Port San Lucie on Ken LeVick Alive. Jeffrey, hello. Ken, how are you, my man? It's your favorite New York transplant. I always all love I hearing from is, you, brother. Oh, today I'm ready to rant. All right. First of all, I... I, I a long time ago, when I lived in New York, I was called a fraud by Don LaGreca because I root for <laughs> both the Mets and the Yankees, and I argued with him. LaGreca called and you a Michael- fraud? That's that's a badge of yes, honor. He- that's a great story. Yes, he yelled at me on the air, and Michael K stuck up for me. But that that being said, I have always loved yogiisms. Yogiisms are great. Yogi Berra was a legend. 
When I worked Lima Zilli's restaurant back in New York, my wife was in the co-check with him and didn't understand a word he said. Here's my rant. Okay. We're the Yankees, man. We don't play for participation trophies. I can't stand booneyisms, I call it, or boon speak. Well, we're getting close. Well, we competed. Well, we've had Mm -hmm. some guys down. All teams have injuries. No excuses, number one. Number two, we're competing I told, this is not for a participation trophy. Right. The WWF felt I, I don't like him. I don't like his kowtowing to the players. Oh, he's a player's manager. Okay, I can deal with that. But what I can't deal with is stuff like we're getting better swings. Nestor looked good until he gave up seven runs on five. You know, no, no. Yeah. Call it for what it is. We're not playing well right now. We do have a lot of injuries. We will get guys back. But stop saying we're competing. We're getting better. This is not the Pony League. Now I want to hear what you have to say. Well, here's what I would say about that. I mean, the pitching, pitching, everybody was pulling their hair out after last year. And what's changed with the pitching? Not a whole lot. It's still inconsistent. It's bad. We saw the bullpen melt down again last night. Uh, You've got Judge going to the it's just it's it's the same. Here's my issue with the Yankees. There's no change from there's been no improvement from what was ailing them last year, and you're still hearing the same stuff from Aaron Boone all while. And what makes it hurt even more is that the Rays are on pace to be one of, have one of the greatest seasons in baseball history, mm-hmm. and they do all well, things well. And so that's where in that division at this point you've been not only uh, the, the the Rays are light years ahead, but you've been caught by the freaking Orioles who are <laughs> I mean, playing good baseball. Not, uh, way more than caught. You're, I mean, the Red Sox, who are dismal, are playing better than the Yankees, and that makes this whole thing feel even worse. I think it's going to turn, but you know, don't forget, and I'm trying to be – you know, have a positive attitude. The Rays did open their first 15 or so games with an easy schedule, but they're just playing lights out against everybody. Everybody, it seems like they can go get a guy from high school and he comes in and he's <laughs> pitching any right. situation right. for them. They're going to get a you 16 year old with acne and he's able to uh, to give him six innings uh, in, in, in long bullpen relief. Like, it's just, it's really annoying and appreciate the call, Jeff. Uh, but yeah, the Yankees are, there's no other way to put it right now. When you're eight and a half back, May 2nd, and you're in last place, the Yankees are bad. It's scary stuff. He did They're mention bad. Tampa's really easy schedule, right? Your your White Sox, they've ripped on your White well, Sox I mean, for like two are, weeks in a row. They, I mean, the the White Sox aren't putting up a fight against anybody. <laughs> they got gift wrapped like six straight versus Oakland, so Ugh. so it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, Baltimore's like nineteen and nine, right? They're making fun of the Yankees right. at this point. But this season. is the same race team that's just good, just great. So it's yes, they had an easy schedule, but I would be shocked if the Yankees caught the race. Stunned, shocked. Ah. I, I always do this thing with baseball. There's so many games. Like, runs coming. You I know, know what's coming. But, you know it. It's not like the Rays are a flash in the pan. Like, they're <laughs> they're good. They're good, and they have been good, and they have everybody back, and their pitching's really good. And like Jeff said, you can go get a, a dude out of high school, and he can fit in seamlessly to the back end of your bullpen. I'll say this. Is it just as good for baseball if the Yankees are this bad, opposed to being 23-6 and six like the no, Rays? No. I, I, I hate this. The Yankees need to be good for baseball, but... Because I don't think it applies in the NBA, and it applies in the NFL. Anybody can be good, and those leagues are fine, but I do think maybe more so with baseball, like we there need needs them. to be a Yankees presence because they really carry things as far as being hated, hated, and being the roadblock to the Red Sox. And then all those things stopped, and now the Yankees are mid, and now baseball, that's how you fix your regionalism problem. But if you can't fix it, just lean into the regionalism problem. When teams are good, their regional networks, Bally's or whatever it is, Fox Sports Net or whatever... <laughs> Those ratings skyrocket. It's okay to be regional. It's okay not to be the NBA and not to be the NFL. 
What it's not okay to be, though, is a lack of compelling. And so baseball just needs to be compelling. And it can still be compelling if your team's good. Marlins, they're just not compelling because they don't try. Mm. They play, they're play. they playing okay right now, but they don't try year after year after year, and that's why they're not compelling, and that's why they're a failure in this market. It's Theodore CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.